I'm Dave Jacques. And I'm Chris Mitchell, and this is Into Istanbul. It's a podcast that looks at one theme each episode as it relates to the city of Istanbul. And for our first episode, we want to talk about Istanbul as home. Uh, For thousands of years, people have made Istanbul their home from various different cultures and races and ethnicities. And even now, there's a lot of people that are coming in and out, some of them voluntarily, some involuntarily but with many interesting stories about how they make Istanbul their home. Right, and I think with a city that has 20 million people, um, there are more stories here now than ever. And Dave and I had thought a lot about this on our own um, as sort of two North American guys who, who thought that it's probably important to look at some of the other narratives that are going on in this city if we want to fully understand it. And so that's where the idea of this podcast sprouted, was that uh, there are so many narratives in this city, and, and if we can do our part to, to share some of these narratives, it'd, it'd be great. Um, and we were already doing that in some way. I think uh, both of us were writing here. Um, that's how we sort of met in, in that vein. And, and so here lies our first episode. But the, the theme is Istanbul as home. And I think with that, historically, Istanbul has always been an interesting city to people, to authors and historians and archaeologists, because they always equate it as the city on the cusp of two worlds. But I think we want to explore about how that is kind of a false dichotomy, that really Istanbul is this fractured, diverse place that everyone sort of just comes together into this sort of meld of mm-hmm. stories and people. Yeah, and, and we also talked about that idea that, yeah, I mean, that dichotomy doesn't do the city justice. There's just so much more going on. East meets West is a very easy thing to say. And and we also talked about how this whole idea of Istanbul was as home. And it's really, there's quite a magnetic pull here. And that goes for expats too. Um, it seems to just sort of pull in people from all walks of life. And that can be, as simple as somebody growing up in in Turkey and moving to Istanbul or somebody that's growing up, uh, somebody like ourselves who grew up across the world and somehow ended up here. Everyone's got a story of how they ended up here um, and usually particularly interesting story. And so that's why this theme, I think, serves everybody well as it doesn't just relate to people who might care about Istanbul, but people who really care about uh, the idea of home itself. It's something we can all relate to, right? How did you make it here? I agree. For me personally, I probably don't have the most interesting story as why we'll have a guest kind of tell theirs, but I wanted to travel. Uh, When I graduated college, I was going to teach abroad. I knew that was going to be sort of my ticket to to getting out of the U.S. for a couple years and seeing the world. And when I was applying to programs on my computer, my dad was just kind of hovering over my shoulder, as parents tend to do. Mm -hmm. 
And he just saw Turkey and he was like, hey, Dave, like maybe you should apply there. Turkey was a really interesting country. I loved it when I visited it. And it's, you know, he explained to use that kind of uh, East meets West kind of thing. But he told it in a very romantic way to me. It was like, wow, it really, really seems like this cool place. And then, you know, you get here. And half the Turks, when I tell them I came from the U.S., they're kind of like, why? You know, why Why would you leave the U.S. to move here? And it's funny because to them, they can't understand it. But to me, and I think to a lot of people, you know, we have made Istanbul our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, <clears throat> I guess, you know, to, to, to state the obvious, there's just... What's happening in, in Istanbul in a lot of ways, whether it's as simple as getting some Turkish breakfast or something like that, uh, you, you just can't replicate that elsewhere. Istanbul is entirely unique, uh, and hopefully we can convey some of that as well. Um, for, for myself, Brie, my girlfriend and I, um, we traveled to Istanbul, I guess it would have been seven years ago. We spent five nights here and I think at the time we were on a pretty rapid paced Euro trip so we thought oh five nights I mean we must know this place pretty well um, of course now in hindsight I can say with with certainty that uh, we really didn't know this place well at all um, <clears throat> anyway some years after that trip we we went to a job fair both teachers and were offered a job here and we said yes and it's it's been one of the great decisions we've made. Um, yeah, so so here we are as Istanbul, as, as our home. Yeah, and to kind of give another perspective for our listeners out there, we invited our friend Amer, who has definitely a more complicated, I'd say is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. story as to how Istanbul has kind of become his home and about whether he really thinks of it as his home. You know, there are people that, live here, that work here, that maybe still don't really identify with this place as home. And there's some people that kind of are not forced, but involuntarily have to identify with this place as their home. And I think he kind of will provide a perspective towards that, about how people can understand how that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is that sort of dichotomy between place where some people choose to live and a place and a place where people see an opportunity to make a livelihood and yeah there's a, there's a there's a lot of that I mean that goes for any city but I feel like in a city like Istanbul where there's just so much more it seems like there's so much more going on and and, and you know our listeners can can decide for themselves whether we've been here too long and we're see, you know yeah. we're seeing more uh more than there is, but I, I'm going to venture to bet that uh, that's not the case, and we're seeing sort of exactly what we should be seeing, which is a, which is a an incredible city with sort of an amazing uh, an amazing group of stories that that exist here, both good and bad. Agreed. And so I think, without any more introduction, let's start hearing from Amir and his story. Sounds good. Thanks for coming by and listening, and uh, we hope this is the first uh, episode of, of many that you'll tune into. So uh, I guess we can start, like, why were you late 
tonight. Mario, you said we was said 7.15. I don't know. He yeah. said come after 7.15. You didn't say I that. said 7.15 uh, or so. Oh, yeah. you said or so. Oh, or I, so. I, you just, I, you just, I you just also, walking around Javai here. <laughs> no. Also, also, I, 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 I kind of missed this top. I, I, I have no idea. I got lost a little bit. I was okay. listening to a nice song. Well, that's fair. Um, can, you, can you at least tell us who the hell you are? After being oh, late. Oh, me. Me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm the guy who ate all your hummus. <laughs> yeah, it was good. You did a good job. Uh, my name is Amer. I'm Palestinian Syrian, and I've been living in Istanbul for 13, 14 years now. Wow. You got us yeah. beat by a few years. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> yeah. Just just added together, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> More than us combined. Um, what brought you here? Mm. Um, I was studying in Damascus, and while I was in university, I was offered a scholarship by Bilgi University. And so I decided to take it. I mean, leave Damascus, come mm -hmm. to Istanbul. Sounded like a good, good deal. What, what was the scholarship in? Uh, computer science. And so was that a master's program? No, no, no. It was undergrad. Undergrad? Okay. Yeah. And so why did you take it? I've always wanted to travel. I, I, since I was young, since I was like 15, 16, I've always saw myself living somewhere else other than Syria. And so I decided to take it. And uh, since you took it and, and you ended up in Istanbul and sort of here we are now this many years later, are you happy you made that decision all those years back? I actually am very happy I did that decision, especially after what happened to Syria recently, yeah. Definitely. So, uh, just for clarification, you, you're Palestinian. I guess. Basically, my parents are Palestinian refugees, were Palestinian refugees here. They're still are, they're still living in Damascus. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so I was born in Damascus, but still as a refugee, you don't get the right to apply for citizenship. Mm -hmm. You remain a Palestinian refugee all your life. My father is still a Palestinian refugee, for example. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad as being a refugee in Lebanon. Lebanon is the worst country when it comes to refugee rights. They don't allow them to work. They don't allow them to do anything, uh, to have jobs. Uh, but in, in, in Syria, refugees were treated basically like Syrians. The only difference was that we were not allowed to vote. Uh, refugees were not allowed to own more than one house, one vehicle, even one landline. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're allowed to have one phone number. You're not allowed to have two phone numbers. <laughs> Just the, that one, the one guy in Congress trying to make his mark. And it's like, and the, and the landline. Don't, uh, don't yeah. forget about the landline. Oh, we have very valuable <laughs> landlines here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and so, yeah, you, you know, made your way to Istanbul now. And I guess, come, you know, we're coming back to that theme as, as Istanbul is a home. But I guess you... Do you feel like since you made the decision all these years, it's a home or was it more a home in the best? How, how do you feel about that as, a, as an idea? So I lived one third of my life here. So I would probably consider it home because I lived most of my adulthood here. Yeah. But as much as a home it can be because at any moment I could get kicked out. Kicked out where? To Syria. But even Syria is not really my home. Mm -hmm. I'm just a refugee there. I'm 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 refugee twice, basically. <laughs> so, have have you been able to travel? Because you 
our I've state been, was. Yeah, no, I've been to uh, other countries. When I was 18, I went to Switzerland. Hmm. Planning to go study there, actually. I applied for a scholarship. I got the scholarship. But that was in 2001, after the attack on New York. Mm-hmm. And so my visa application was denied. God, Americans, you just ruin everything for everyone, don't we? Well, that was, well it wasn't the Americans. It was, it was that stupid asshole, Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the European Union or European countries were terrified of Arabs after that. Sure. And so my visa application was denied, and I was sent back to Syria. So yeah, how things have changed. So did you have a sense, Switzerland had, had essentially reached out to you and said, you know, we're moving forward with this, and then... Yeah, yeah, everything, everything was going well. I, I started learning German. Um, I had a six-month course to do, and I was starting to do it. And then after that, I was going to study computer science as well. Mm-hmm. But then New York uh, 9-11 happened. Sure. Uh, just you mentioned com- computer sciences. Uh, have you found a market for your talents here? I mean, like obviously, part of home is like it, how well you can, uh, you know, perform your talents or mm-hmm. do what your occupation is. Do you feel I did. Like- I worked for two of the biggest companies here, and uh, one of them was called Peak Games. Um, it was the largest video game maker in the Middle East. And uh, for two and a half years, I was the head of the Middle East department. Huh. Middle East, uh, so when they were releasing games in Arabic, I was responsible for those release games. And then after that, I got to work at TMX Sepeti. Also, they wanted to expand. You know, TMX Sepeti. Sure, of course. Of course. It's it's like, that's like my, you know, my <laughs> most here. website yeah. <laughs> on your computer. And the app. You know, <laughs> the one thing yeah. unifying yeah. all people it's, in Turkey. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the unifying force in Turkey. Yeah. yeah. So they wanted to expand into the Middle East, and uh, because I have experience in to getting into the Middle East, they contacted. They, I, I applied to the job and I got it, and uh, I worked for them for about a year. And they started the service in a lot of countries, and now it's very successful in a lot of uh, Arabic countries. Right. Yeah. So and then, so what are you doing now? Uh, right now, I work for uh, the well, not directly but by an organization that works with the British Ministry of Defense as an Arabic interpreter. Okay. And so I guess now, you know, you're, you're set up here. If you had to choose one place, what is home? So Istanbul, would you consider yourself Palestinian? Like is Palestine your home? Is Damascus your home? Can I choose any place I want? <laughs> Switzerland? Iceland! Iceland! Or is Iceland? Norway. <laughs> Norway. So Norway. Beautiful. It's a Norway. Beautiful. Yeah, Norway. Norway. Home is Norway. I'm Norway. Norwegian. <laughs> no. Um, if I... Uh, damn. Probably Istanbul. As I said, I lived most of my adult life here since I've been depending on myself here since mm-hmm. I was 20. Living here now, I'm 35. Um, I would say Istanbul. Living in Syria, I was depending on my parents. Are you are you happy? You don't seem too enthused about calling Istanbul your home. I was happier a few years ago. Sure, sure. It gradually started getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. I think we can all speak to that thing being more difficult. Yeah, you know, over here and, and uh, mentality can can change for sure. Um, what do you feel like was the the maybe the moment where you thought, you know? All right, so Istanbul is my home. Like I think you have this moment, sort of, where 
where you're like, okay, so so it's Istanbul, you know? I think maybe after I got my first job, mm -hmm. when I'm not a student anymore, when I rented my own apartment, started getting paid, that's when I was like, yeah, I can probably live here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. <laughs> If only they had more homeless. They had no homeless back then. You. <laughs> so my question though, do you have two landlines? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any landlines. Who uses landlines anymore? <laughs> oh, how times. I have, have all changed. the landlines. Yeah. I applied for five. <laughs> Just to have them. <laughs> Suck it aside. I have three cell phones as well. Yeah. 16 cell phones, 12 yeah. landlines. I've made it. I have 500 computers now. Uh, uh, what do you... I guess, um, so for me at least, you know, I feel like Istanbul is, has become my home partially because of the, I don't know, huge sense of community here. I mean, of course, uh, one thing to mention is kind of we're all friends outside of the uh, the podcasting realm, you know. Yeah. And I think we all know a lot of people where it's sort of this sense where no matter what's happening in Istanbul, there's this sort of community where it's like, you know, whatever's happening, good or bad, whatever, it's everyone does it sort of in this in this. I don't know, in this uh, pack, there's a sort of pack mentality of for better, for worse, but it's, there's a real community. I feel like we should thank one person. <laughs> Barish. <laughs> Barish, the uniter of, of all the foreigners and the expats yeah. who come to this city. For, um, for, do you want to explain who Barish is? Yeah, well, Barish was a, a, a barman who used to work at a, a very popular place called Ritim. Ritim opened, I think, in 2007, uh, and a lot of foreigners started going there because the music was really good. Um, and then the foreigners and the expats, you know, got to meet each other, and then Barish, who was the barman who was running that bar back then, got to meet a lot of them. Um, and I think that bar, Ritim, is still very popular with exchange students. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But then Barish decided to open his own bar and a lot of the expats kept going to his bar mm -hmm. even more perhaps. even more perhaps yeah exactly and then because they all work at these foreign schools whenever a new teacher comes they say hey come with us to the bar we're going to the bar and then mm -hmm. it's like cheers and you always when, whenever you're like alone you're like oh where should i go oh i'll, I'll go to bars there's always someone drinking at bars there's always someone <laughs> Drink with. There's always someone drinking alone. There's always a foreigner waiting there for another foreigner to come over and start drinking with him. I was going to say one thing you should mention is bar, barish. It's a name in Turkish meaning peace, but it's also translated to the bar because it's B-A-R-I-S-H. Barish. It's sort of a bar, sort of a home, sort of a community. Sort of a crash pad. So you're asking me where's my home. That's my home. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny actually, I mean, at this time of recording, there's a bunch of snow days, obviously, for teachers. Three snow days in a row over here has been pretty lucky, but actually... The first place you sort of look to get the report on the snow day is Barish because people are like when you hear like ding 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 WhatsApp going crazy like someone in the Barish group knows like it breaks first there so it's it's funny I guess it's like a a home within a home do you know yeah, what I mean it is it really is yeah it's I mean uh, I remember uh, James actually was the first to, to bring me to Barish and I went there and I was like it's like so this is where. 
all the expats are, yeah. Are, yeah. are meeting. Expats are living in their own bubble, but at the same time, there you can feel the you can feel the uh, change in the, the air. change in the air. You can. You I happen to be married to an American. She she's is unable, huh? She's lovely. She's unable to live here anymore, and I I, I can see that. I, I I myself feel like I can't live here anymore. And and so is, we're we're trying to immigrate to the U.S. And so is that good luck with that one after Thanks. January twentieth? <laughs> I'm in I'm in a similar boat, but thankfully my my fiance got her green card on her own. So she still decides to marry me <laughs> after getting the golden ticket. Oh. Well, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel if if Trump really was uh, Putin's puppet, then maybe we can get along because you know Syria, uh, you know, yeah. Putin. Well, we might get along. It's all right. I know you. I think I think he'll be classified as one of the good ones in the, in the deplorable <laughs> <Probably>. book. <laughs> Probably. Oh, you're an Arab. Wow, you don't look like one. <laughs> I, I, I was, my plan was to learn some some Spanish and pretend that I'm Cuban. <laughs> Where <laughs> I think I think. Or Mexican. That should, that should go very well for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably. Or yeah. Where in the U.S. would you be going to? Uh, we've talked about this, either California or D.C., hmm. basically. So California, so, so if we want to chill for a couple of years, D.C., if we, we're looking for the jobs. Right, okay. Yeah. And when you go to a place, like, you know, when you're choosing these places, um, again, going back to this overarching theme, what do you think, what do you think makes a home anyway? I mean, what, what, what would you look for in... A place where I can finally say I'm a citizen. <laughs> if the United States give me citizenship, that's going to be my home. That's it. Mm -hmm. And and would you, if you got this passport, you would be getting an American passport? Is that yeah, right? it would be an American passport. Exactly. And then so you'd be a American Palestinian. Syrian, I would swear Muslim allegiance. Or... It would be unfortunate that I'm going to swear allegiance to President Trump, but I'm going to swear allegiance to the United States of America. <laughs> you sure you want that on record? Maybe, maybe, maybe I should wait for a while until until the president changes. And then I'll be able to swear allegiance to the flag. You sound, yeah, you sounded a little defeated. Swear my allegiance to President <laughs> Not everyone can beat Trudeau, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could swear allegiance to Trudeau. Right, so that's a, a good, I guess, a good segue in the fact that... Um, yeah, Istanbul has been, uh, I think, a good home to us for the most part. I think, again, you talk about little challenges here for sure, but it's been a, a, it has been a growing process for Bree and I, but now we're, you know, have our eyes more towards Canada. And part of that is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's become, since we got our old prime minister out who nobody knew, and now we have our heavily popular prime minister and who everyone possibly is in love with and has a crush on. It's uh, it's funny, sort of. It, it's become it's become a thing now. We're like Turkish friends. Everybody's kind of like, why aren't you heading back to Canada? You know, and it's and you know, as sort of as come to light with this whole conversation, it's like, yeah, oh, why aren't you moving back to Canada? Also, well, can I can I can I come move along? to Canada instead? Over yeah, you can stay here if you want. <laughs> can pledge allegiance to the maple syrup if you want. But uh, yeah, maybe. I think I think I guess what it is is like tree blood. Yeah, just just if you just keep you. Yelling Trudeau to the mic three times. Actually, Canada's a magical place. You'll, you'll become a Canadian <laughs> instantly. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I, I think it's just it just comes down to the fact that like home is a seriously complicated concept, right? Like it's it's uh, it's not so easy as being like Canada's great. It's also the feelings you have of like I'm leaving so much behind here that I, you know, like you. I think you feel like wherever you do a lot of growing, you sort of like, I don't know, you, you take a part of that place in with you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's no, what. absolutely. I, it's not going to be easy for me to leave Istanbul. Mm-hmm. I know that eventually I will, but. Uh, I know that I'm going to be leaving here a lot of my best friends, yeah. all of my best friends. It's it's really painful. So I think you're kind of beating around the bush, so to speak, on it. But what is what is your relationship to Istanbul as your home? Your feelings? Um, it's an S and M relationship. <laughs> the more, the more she, the more she tortures me, the more I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any examples? <laughs> uh, I don't think this is the proper podcast for this. <laughs> this is a, we're not looking to put the explicit tag on this podcast, are we? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, um, very complicated. Um, yeah. yeah. Any uh, any final remarks on the on the theme, as it were? Obviously, we humbly thank. No, Istanbul is a fantastic city. Istanbul is a lot of fun. The, the, you, uh, if you are a, an expat here and you have uh, the uh, the proper connections, the friends, Istanbul is a great city to live in. Mm-hmm. It really is. I think what makes my Istanbul experience so great is the friends that I made here. For sure. Yeah. And I think so. Not the food, just the friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you bring up an in- interesting example, or you're an interesting example, being you know being stateless and having your your parents not really coming from Syria. Where I think most people would identify if you ask them what home is and say where it's where their family is from, but I don't think you have that same definition. And no. so, what is home to you? What makes home, it nice? home would be where I can work, live, and have a national ID. I've never had a national ID in my life. I want to have a national ID. Wherever I can have national ID is going to be my home. That's it. It's very basic definition for me. It's different than a lot of people, I guess, but it's because of my special condition, my special situation. I'll put in the good words of Trudeau for you. Right? <laughs> I'll show him the podcast. I'm like, he's a stand-up guy. You give him he the likes, pa- He likes Putin, not yeah. the president. <laughs> the potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we're done. You know, yeah. He, I'm like, I'm yeah. What are your opinions on hockey? Yeah. Oh, I love ice hockey. Are you kidding me? I love ice Beautiful. hockey. Beautiful. I think it's the best game uh, ever. That's it. See, I, I want him first, Dave. <laughs> He's coming to Canada. All right. Well, I yeah. guess um, thank you a ton for for sharing your opinion on that. I, you know, we mentioned previously that you know we is you know just two guys who had met over here, two expats from Canada, America, respectively. We can't offer you know a proper opinion on, on a city like this, which is so complicated and diverse as, as as you could. So thank you so much for for coming along. Guys, cheers. Yeah. We just want to give an extra special thanks to Amer again for joining us. And if you're listening, you 
may have noticed a little bit of dramatic irony in the fact that he talks about moving to the U.S. and him coming from Syria. We recorded this actually about two weeks before Trump's inauguration and thus didn't know for sure that uh, this travel ban was going to be coming. Yeah, definitely nobody knew uh, anything about that and so uh, it was sort of interesting to look back on the on some of those lines from, from the podcast and think, my goodness, some of those things we were half-heartedly joking about seriously came true. So I think it goes without saying that we wish Amir well and also anybody from one of those seven countries that's going through that issue. I, I'm pleased to say that uh, it was struck down twice. but and uh, hopefully remains that way. Right, exactly. But we all know that uh, we don't want to get too political, but um, Trump's a fairly persistent man. So anyway, hopefully we shed light. If there's one thing we're trying to do, it's shed light on narratives that, that deserve to be heard. And so... And if you actually want to hear more of Amir's opinion about the travel ban and the executive order, he was interviewed by Time magazine. It's titled, It's Tearing Families Apart, Six Stories of Lives on Hold Due to Trump's Trump's Visa Ban. Yeah, and um, yeah, you can see what he thinks about it there. You can probably guess. Um, yeah, he's an opinionated guy, and, and that's why we... we we felt uh, good about having him on for the first episode to offer a real different story than we could have ever shared. Um, and you know, if I do say so myself, I think he did a, I think he did a wonderful job. I agree, but of course, this is about us. So <laughs> this is why I want to take this moment to say that this episode was produced, written, edited, and mixed by Chris Mitchell and myself, Dave Jacques. Our theme song is Night Owl by Broke for Free. Yeah, a good little ditty for sure. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, this, this really is all about us. Um, but in actuality, it's uh, it's all about uh, the city and the people listening. You know, I'm going to go and contrast that and just shamelessly self-promote because it's our podcast, right? Yep. Yeah, it is. So um, if you want to follow me, Chris Mitchell Moore, just go to Twitter, at Traveling Mitch is the... Um, the username there, 1L, same on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook as well, Traveling Mitch, 1L, and my website, you guessed it, Traveling Mitch, 1L.com. Lots of travel stuff up there and um, sort of branching out and doing new, I think, more interesting stuff. So you can check that out and you can decide if I'm lying or not. And you can check out some of my writing at a man without a continent.com or at facebook.com backslash a man without a continent and some of my travel photography at a man without a continent on Instagram. Right on. Yeah, and um, next episode, Rush, you're going to be looking at Istanbul as, quote, worth discovering. We've got a good guest coming up, um, and we'll hope to get that to you as soon as possible. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, if it's not too much trouble, just make sure you rate, share where appropriate. We're hoping to have this up on all the avenues. Any last words? That's about it. I think you covered it. All right. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thank you.